Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host, Dana, or the DHK as I'm known. And an interesting theme to this week, five things up for review. It is both Mermaid Month and the end of AAPI History Month. So, so to kick things off, I have the latest live action adaptation from Disney, and that is The Little Mermaid. And then I have American Born Chinese. I have Gremlins, Secrets of the Mogwai, Drops of God, and then rounding things out with Mer People, which is a new docu-series out on Netflix. First up is The Little Mermaid, which is the latest in the long line of Disney live action, and I put live action in air quotes, remakes of their animated classics. And I'm going to start off by saying Halle Bailey, who plays the new Ariel, is an absolute superstar. I thought she was amazing in this. I'm very happy for every little child who gets to grow up and feel represented by her on screen. I don't want to take that away from anyone. However, this movie is incoherent. Somehow they managed to add almost 50 minutes to the original animated film. And The Little Mermaid is, Disney did not come up with the story. They actually just sort of sanitized the story. Uh, you know, the original one's much darker, but whatever. It was still a really good animated film. Credit where credit is due. But they have added 50 minutes to their original telling of it. And it is not a necessary 50 minutes. There are a couple sequences where I'm like, yeah, okay, I see how you've tried to update it a little bit and this adds value, but the rest of it, I'm like, what are you doing here? So you have Halle Bailey as Ariel. Again, the absolute highlight of the film. Credit to her for saving this experience, but she can only do so much. Then you've got Jonah Howard King as Prince Eric, who, what, whatever, he's whatever, I don't know, I, I don't I don't care. Also, they give him a song in this that is so unnecessary, I call it the sad emo boy song. And I'm like, this is one of those sequences you could have cut because it doesn't add anything to it that is contributing to the detriment of this movie and why it is not as valuable an experience. You've got Javier Bardem as King Triton, which, okay, fine, sure whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Uh, this is a question I had about the animated film. Like, I guess sort of spoilers for this review, but, you know, you, I'm assuming you've seen the Little Mermaid animated version, but, you know, uh, it, it's very awkward with King Triton because in the uh, animated version, you know, he has all these daughters of the sea and they are already semi sort of different looking. And in this, they've made them sort of the uh, united colors of Benetton ad of the world. And I'm like, That's how? Who, who is their mother? How does sea procreation work? Why are they all different races? Like, what's going on here? They're not going to bother to explain that part of it, but they'll give us 10 sad emo boy songs. Whatever. You've got Melissa McCarthy's Ursula, who it's, you know, I think she does a fine job. I just, and I'll talk about the, the animation and locomotion later. It Hers was the hardest to translate because she's an octopus. And it, you know, I was just like, oh, I just, I feel the constraints of trying to make this an underwater creature thing happening here. And, and it just, it felt stilted in a way that animation liberates you from. David Diggs played Sebastian. He actually was fine. They gave him a couple moments he grew on me. Jacob Tremblay is Flounder. Flounder is the most horrifying character design I've seen out of all of them because Flounder is like a realistic looking fish in this as opposed to, you know, the cute, cuddly, rounded fish that we see in the animated one. And let me tell you, Flounder's, well, first of all, I actually don't think the fish species that he is, is a flounder, like a visual flounder. I could be wrong here, but not a, not an attractive fish is what I'll say. And then Aquafina is Scuttle, which, sure, 
I mean, whatever. It was fine. They also give Scuttle a rap. And I was just like, no, just, just stop. Stop trying to give everybody a song. We don't need to give everyone a song. It's unnecessary. Lin-Manuel Miranda helped write the new music. And, you know, I love Lin-Manuel Miranda, but we, got, we sometimes we must be stopped. For our own good, we must be stopped. So, again, they have added an extensive amount to this film. And some of it is helpful. Like, what I appreciated is that they are trying to add storylines that help create a relationship between the two of them instead of just, oh, I see him. He is a human man. I love him. I must give up my entire life for him. Okay, fine. But they also add a bunch of superfluous things that just make it really long. Like, if I was a little kid, I don't know if I'd have the attention span for this. And then the other things I want to talk about are it's visually very muted by trying to be photo real because yes the ocean is a colorful and beautiful gorgeous place but there are limitations to it if you are trying to make it semi-realistic or realistic even though there are more people swimming, swimming around etc so uh, under the sea is a good example of something where I missed the colorfulness of it I missed the vibrancy I missed the palette I missed the joy out of it and like the motion and all this stuff you know, yes, fine, you can't have a fish playing a saxophone in this, but you can try and do other things, and it, they just limited themselves in a way that was disappointing. And also, and this might be just a me note, but having come from animation, you know, the way the mermaids move, and mer people, I guess, move, is, and Ursula, whatever, a mer, er, mer octopi move, is very disturbing to me. So they aren't, like, moving how I think they should be moving because their tails and their torsos don't move together. Like, their tails move. But then, you know, if you are... If you ever do a dolphin kick in the water or whatever, like, you have to use your abdomen in order to do so. But they're moving separately from... And so... Or, like, they're just... You know, their torsos just aren't moving at all. And so it's very odd. I think the hardest was Javier Badem because he has all this fake hair and, you know, this, like, big muscly chest that probably isn't his. And it's, and he's also, like, 11 feet long. And it's just... It, you know, it reads visually subconsciously probably odd in the back of your mind and Melissa McCarthy again is the biggest problem because Ursula in the animated version can slither all over the place and move like an octopus but in this one because there's a human being attached to you know whatever rig they had to set up it reads odd to me and you can see them like trying to cut the camera angles so they can actually feature and upside down you know all this stuff and and every, at, you know at many turns I'm like there is a reason that this made sense as an animated story because you are not limited by these things. So in addition to, you know, the bloated runtime where they've added in these songs that don't really add value, they've taken away a few songs, which, okay, fine, whatever. Like, you know, they had the big showstoppers, so okay. You know, visually muting it, making it, it just reads kind of strange. Again, Halle Bailey, more power to her. Uh, I, I appreciate that they tried to make it a little more romantic instead of just, uh, you know, like I said, loved at first sight and there's no substance to it. But at the end of the day, you know, whatever. I, yeah, if you love this version of it, more power to you. But I, you know, I am not running out there to be like, please go watch The Little Mermaid, the new version of The Little Mermaid. I don't think it improved upon the previous one, except for in terms of representation, which is a huge factor. But you still, I wanted it to be a good movie too, because it had a good starting point. So it's tough to be able to, you know, it's a tough conversation to have. But I think looking at it from just the perspective of 
having the base one as my childhood and then having this one and I wasn't a huge Little Mermaid person either in fact I forgot a lot of it I had to ask people at the end I was like did they did this happen in the animated version I forgot and they're like no that didn't I said okay fine but if you are a huge fan of the original one I think you'll still like this because of the music and because you like the story inherently if you are eh on the original one this is not gonna be I think the one that converts you and makes you into a Little Mermaid person however if you are uh, you know, proud to be represented by this film. I am incredibly happy for you. Like, honestly, the, because that is the old, the biggest value out of this thing. So I personally am going to give it a 2.8 out of 5. I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. And I'm back. The next thing I have this week is American Born Chinese, and it is an adaptation of the graphic novel from Jean Luen Yang. I was nervous about this one going into it just because uh, I, so I, when they announced that they were making it into a show, I was super excited. I ran out and read the graphic novel. I was like, oh, this is very good, but I am a little bit concerned about the ability to adapt it. Even at this point in time, you know, it, there are elements of it that feel a little bit dated. There are elements of it that I was like, man, if you do not have a background as an Asian and Asian American person, particularly a Chinese person, like I don't know how some of this is going to translate. But then I watched the show and I think they did such a good job adapting it, like, you know, modernizing it, adapting it, making it feel universal and compelling and, you know, this bigger story actually than is just being told in the graphic novel, but also touching on the elements of, uh, you know, the being a child of immigrants experience and the otherness of it. And I, I think they brought in the modernness of technology in a really clever way. So it has Michelle Yeoh as Guan Ying, uh, who is the Bodhisattva of Compassion. And then you've got Ben Wong as Jin Wong, who is the, uh, the you know, sort of protagonist of the story. He's just a, an American boy who happens to have a Chinese background. Uh, Yan Yan Yo as his mother, Chin Han as his father. Daniel Wu plays Sun Wukong, who is the Monkey King, for those who don't know, which is, a you know, one of the most famous stories, I think, in mythology, legend, etc. Ki Hui Quan plays Freddie Wong, who is a character within it that was, this was the one. I was kind of really concerned about them updating. So in this version of it, he plays a former star on TV who was, uh, you know, in a show that was not the most politically correct at the time, but it was a job. And I, I absolutely love what they did with that story. And Ki Hui Kwan was the perfect person to bring compassion and you know, experience to this in a way that I think very few other people could. Uh, Jim Liu is Wei Chen. He plays a, well, I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> so Jim Liu is Wei Chen. Uh, Sydney Taylor plays a girl named Amelia. And wow, just, I loved this so much. I think the scope of it is amazing. It was also so cool to hear it in Chinese. Like so much of the show is in Chinese. Yes, there are subtitles. Please, please get over the subtitles for it. I'm going to ask you to do that for multiple things this week. But yes, uh, I will say reading some of the subtitles, uh, the context of some of the things they're actually saying gets a little bit lost. I know this happens when you are listening to something in another language, but the fact that even I, with my rudimentary Chinese, was like, that's not what they just said, <laughs> or, you know, that's close to, but the, the the subtext is missing here. You know, we can't have it all, but I, I do wish that they'd been able to communicate some of the nuances of what they said just a little bit better. But Either way, it is this, uh, you know, amazing story that combines the epic scope of Chinese legends with the high school experience. Ben Wong does such a good job in it. Like, I, you know, 
teen child actors are really tough, but I just felt he was so authentic in it. And I, I didn't know anything about him when I heard he was cast. But when I see it now, I'm like, oh my God, yes, perfect. Yeah, me, again, the, the adult cast is amazing. There are some really great cameos and guest stars. And I, ju- I just cannot recommend this show enough. So American Born Chinese is out on Disney Plus now. The whole season is out. The next thing I have is Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai, which is a new animated show. It is a prequel to Gremlins. And again, because this is my AAPI Heritage Month sort of roundup, it takes place in China, which I love as well. It's interesting because, you know, Gremlins at the end of the day, it goes from cute to scary. And I was like, how are you going to do that with an animated show? Because they are super cute. If you look at the design of Gizmo, I'm just like, oh my God, I want to pinch your cheeks and you're so cute. But they found a way to do it. And I was just like, oh no, thank you. The character designs are very interesting. Uh, You know, it's a very stylized show. You've also got this really amazing voice cast in it. Again, what what a month. You know, what a month. You've got Ming-Na Wen, you've got B.D. Wong, you've got James Hong, you've also got Matthew Reese and Isaac Wong. And again, I, you know, I was like, okay, this is cute, this is fun, this is adventure And then I was like, oh my god, that is scary. So it's fun to have that sort of adventure feel again. It's fun to have like what feels like a very authentic cast and clearly people put time and love into this and it's an homage to the original while also going on its own more epic journey because I think the thing about Gremlins is it feels like contained to you know the destruction of the city this is more about the origin of the Gremlins and uh all this stuff and I you know absolutely enjoyed it I've only seen the first two episodes but I will completely be keep watching it Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai is on Max. I hate having to say Max, but it's on Max. The next thing I have is called Drops of God. This one's on Apple TV Plus. And again, an adaptation. Was not expecting this. It's based on a manga series. And so it's about a wine competition, effectively. Like, the world's greatest, not sommelier, but like wine enthusiast slash person expert on wine passes away and he uh, has this huge collection of wine that he set up a competition in order to inherit between his estranged daughter and his protege so you know Fleur Geffier I'm so sorry I probably pronounced her name so wrong plays his daughter Tomohisha Yamashita plays his prodigy and I would not have expected I call this so I'm not a wine person I'm like a yes this is wine when I drink it it tastes fine but it kind of this is actually a compliment kind of reminded me a little bit of Ratatouille in a way where the way they describe the wine and the way they visualize the wine and the way, like, the flavors and stuff like that reminded me of, like, the Remy sequence when he's in the, you know, it's sort of like a uh, experimental thing and, like, the flavor profiles are coming in and all this stuff. So, yeah, I would not have expected to get as swept up in a competition about wine as I did. And, you know, some of it's a little to a lot pompous about the way they're talking about the things. I'm like, okay, whatever. Sure, the this, you know, vintage and these grapes and this, that, and the, but I got really sucked into it. It's it's kind of soap opera-y and melodrama-y, but so serious, <laughs> which, you know, it, it, it works for it. The thing that I encourage people to get over is the fact that it is it's extensively in multiple languages. It is in Japanese. It is in French. There's a fair amount of English in it as well, but... Yeah, I really enjoyed going on the ride. I was not expecting to. I just sort of like stumbled upon this. But then I was like, yeah, I want to know what happens because they take it so seriously. And I'm going to go ahead and assume they love wine and just I I give them the benefit of the doubt here. It works. So Drops of God is streaming on Apple TV+. And then just to bookend things. So it's it's Mermaid Month and it's also AAPI Heritage Month. (laughs) I just watched a documentary series called Mer People. It is out on Netflix. And... 
I did not know anything about people who dress up as underwater performers, I guess would be the right phrase for them, but they certainly do. And they have like, you know, elaborate, expensive silicone tails and they dress up and, you know, it deep dives (laughs) into, uh, you know, a couple people's storylines and then the larger community. And it's interesting seeing the various entry points into the world of merpersoning. And I have to say, I'm super impressed. So I am a scuba diver. And so I, you know, I spend a fair amount of time underwater, but I have a mask on. I have an oxygen tank strapped to my back. And having to do some of the things they do or just spending the amount of time in the water that they do without goggles on usually because the performers who do, you know, like uh, Renaissance fairs and things like that, they they aren't wearing goggles because they're, you know, they're sort of going for the beauty angle. And like, ow, my eyes, you know? And then there's some people who are a little more social media oriented, like, you know, Instagram and TikTok friendly, et cetera. Um, there's different sized folks. And so there's a whole conversation around that. There's various scales of representation. There are a lot of fish jokes in this, I'm realizing. Um, scales, <laughs> But, you know, uh, uh, the, the sort of trying to integrate into the community, it just ended up being this fascinating look at people who are, again, sort of like drops of God, very seriously dedicated and over serious potentially about their passion. I don't think it's a particularly lucrative thing. It seems like a maybe a very expensive hobby for some of them, not all of them, but they do talk about how, you know, it's not it's not a cheap thing to do and there are only X amount of paid roles and performances around it. But yeah, I just, it's a four part series. It blazes by. It's a world in which I think very few of us know a ton about, but I think the people are compelling and interesting. They just give enough variety in it that it is fun to watch. So Mer people out streaming now on Netflix. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.